Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Fight Podcast with Sharir and with me, Jan. So, hey Jan, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Been a, been a minute. <laughs> been a minute. <laughs> been a couple of minutes. <laughs> hey, there's still something to talk about from last episode. We didn't finish something. You remember mm. what? Oh, remind me. <laughs> we're talking about suspicious signs okay okay and we we did five of them and you said there was a whole world more of them yeah well well just let's just go let's do two or three more let's do two or three on. more yeah let's do two and, or three and more. for for the other stuff people have to pay extra on a patreon <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's, just, uh, it's something we go on and on and on about i think i think we could talk about it for a very long time and mm -hmm. it's mostly comes down to us of experience and correct training so yeah, uh, what's the last one we talked about? Last one we talked about, we said weirdness and then the hunch, I think. Oh, the hunch and then hidden. Oh no, hidden connection we said as well. So, yeah, yeah, hidden connection, hidden connection. Which basically we said that it's uh, uh, two people or more that are, when you look at them and you see them, it's obvious that they're together. Covertly connected. But they're hiding that fact that they're together. It's, very, it's suspicious and you got to uh, clear that suspicion or, or do something about it. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, hidden connection I mean it can mean many things you know from terrorism attacks to mugging and raping and uh, kidnapping and so on and so forth that's an important one so that's just for the general it's not just for security work no, it's also something not, you none, none of what I said so far is just for security work mm -hmm. those could fit all the suspicious behavior signs could fit for anybody. The next one I'll talk about is for security. Okay, it's probably the only one that's specifically for law enforcement people. Mm -hmm. And that's called intelligence. Um, you know, you get intel about a specific uh, person who has a specific skin color and he's wearing specific clothes and then you see that person who answers those uh he answers those those things he matches that he description. matches the description exactly thank you he matches <laughs> that's what that, i'm here for yeah <laughs> it is true again he matches that description and you see him uh, you see a person who matches that and that's suspicious why because there's intel about a guy who has blue jeans and a red shirt and a green cap mm -hmm. and then you see a guy who Blue jeans, a red shirt, and a green cap. Does this mean it's him 100%? No, there's a lot of people who wear blue jeans. And red shirts and, and red green shirts. caps. Yeah, you get, the point, <laughs> you get the idea. There's a lot of people like that, but is that suspicious? Yes, because there's intel about a guy wearing that or, or something. Mm -hmm. So, as the law enforcement person, uh, you're going to have to clear the suspicion. Or make sure it's not him. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the only one I think I would say that, you know, because as a civilian, you have no idea what, uh, you know, about intel or anything like that. Unless uh, you hear the news, you know, we're looking for someone mm, who fits, who, fits who looks like this, this and, and this, and yeah. then you see the guy. So, yeah, but uh, that's the only one that's more specifically for the law enforcement community. The only case that I could think of is if someone tells you, keep away from that guy, he's trouble. That's the only thing that I could think of that matches that yeah, maybe yeah yeah maybe like hey you know uh there's a guy oh you're going out to this and this place tonight okay mm -hmm. you know there's a guy who usually is 
he looks like this, he wears this, just stay away from him. Or, mm. yeah, because that's intel too. You're right, 100%. Mm-hmm. Stay away from, you know, that guy. He's nothing but trouble. And then you keep away from every guy with blue jeans and yeah, <laughs> all <luck>. the time. <laughs> you know, the best way of uh, avoiding a fight is never leaving your home. So, <laughs> so that's that's the. You mean that's the the word of the day? Just yeah. <laughs> ICCS. We stand for never leaving or stay, stay, in, uh, stay in your basement. <laughs> just lock the doors. Yeah, put your uh, put your head against the wall in the corner. <laughs> just stay there for 15 years. You're never gonna fight. We promise you. Do you know the song? I think it's by by Lonely Island, um, where they it, it's called YOLO. But the idea is not you only live once, so act on it. It's like well, you only live uh, once. By all means, protect uh, it. <laughs> sing it. <laughs> no no <laughs> okay if, if if I look up the lyrics <laughs> maybe I could do that well next time guys you're gonna hear Jan singing uh, tweeting uh, chirping mm-hmm. <laughs> but the main idea is like they lock themselves up because like this is the only time we live we have to protect it and it, it doesn't work like that that's just the basic idea right. and I think that's something where people who, who get paranoid because of like there's these boogeyman stories there's these bad people in dark alleys with hoodies on and they, they chase people and it's like If if that's your everyday approach to life, you you might have the opposite outcome of what you might want. There's to a achieve. sentence. It goes, be prepared, not scared. And that's, that I think, sounds like an that sounds like an '80s drug thing I think in the that's US. That's what you're trying to say. Is that, is that what you're trying to say? Be prepared, not scared. Yeah, pretty much. Because well, remember if the, you're seven, the seven P's for life. You know the seven P's. I know them. We have them on here. Yeah, <laughs> there's a whiteboard where it's on. It's, it, we put it on there. So don't forget those. That has to do with the same subject. Proper planning. Proper planning. Prevent prepar- preparation yeah. prevents piss poor performance. Right. Exactly. Proper <laughs> planning preparation prevents piss poor performance. It's true for fighting. It's true for for anything else probably in life. And you think that. Um, Does preparation mean training, or does preparation also mean being aware in any environment you have? That's training as well, right? You have physical training, mm-hmm. you have mental training, which is also situational awareness, as physical and mental, I would say. Uh, identifying suspicious body language, behavior. By the way, also um, I also teach how to identify suspicious vehicles vehicles yes for sure and it's a whole other topic which uh i don't think we'll get into today but it's interesting too mm-hmm. identify suspicious vehicles uh as, as well you know so there's a lot of that p for preparation i mean if you just do fighting physically fight you know stri- striking and grappling and all that you are doing preparation but not proper planning preparation you're doing some would say 60 of work mm-hmm. yeah and that's something that you would because i think that gets lost in um when people look at um at combat training some of the people think it's mainly maybe fighting we, we talked about this a lot but also like maybe okay um, you have this idea uh, on, on okay when when do I strike but all of these things are uh, necessary to be prepared and if you said prepare uh, preparing um, is kind of one of the main main ideas because if you come unprepared you're going to be overwhelmed and I think that's the thing people lose their their eyes on it's not just being like the this, this badass fighter it's the first intelligence yeah. is the first 
intel, right? Collecting intelligence. It's the first act of war. And rules of combat don't change ever, pretty much. So as part of collecting intelligence, knowing who you're up against and what your enemy is capable of doing. So mm-hmm. in a street fight, what is your enemy capable of doing? What you're up against? A knife attack, maybe a stick attack, multiple opponents, a guy on drugs, a guy who's, uh, you know, he's high on crystal or, or something. I mean, that's not exactly a guy you get to fight in the ring. Mm-hmm. He doesn't feel pain, for, for example. Multiple opponents, man, three or four people want to kick your ass. I mean, that's not n- not exactly a ring, you know a cage fight. You know what I mean? It's very different, and that's part of the training and part of the intel uh, you want to collect before uh, before you actually have to fight. You and know? you can never really over-prepare. <laughs> yeah, there's a saying when you teach um, uh, close-quarter battle, or you can teach like CQB, like mm-hmm. room clearing, The saying is, um, all the preparation needs to be done before you hit the corner, right? A corner basically is, is um, like you know, enter a room or enter a staircase or enter an alley, so everything's a corner, right? So I had to clear the corner, uh, had a with with the weapon, right? Had to clear the corner, or all that. So we always say the planning has to be done before you hit the corner, because if you have to start thinking. When you're at the corner, what should I do? What to do now? Oh, there's a window. Oh, there's another door. Or there's a staircase. You're in a, a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. So you take that to any aspect of combat. The planning has to be done before you actually are in front of the problem. Yeah. And I think that's where f- combat in general is different from other, let's say, crafts. Because if you're learning a craft, you can still troubleshoot after you, you started doing it. But with combat, you need to have that troubleshooting before you start. Because if you're if you're confronted with something, uh, you, you just uh, spoke about uh, CQB. Um, one issue that most people don't really think about is operators shooting their own teammates because their moves are not coordinated. These are things you have to troubleshoot beforehand. Happens a lot, actually, mm-hmm. sadly. But uh, yeah, so that preparation has to be done before. Um, regarding fighting, regarding combat. Proper planning, preparation. Preparation has all that in it. Mm-hmm. All that aspects in it. Yeah. So these things are... Um, these are important when we talk about preparing a person for combat in general. That doesn't have to be security. That can be in, in, in a civil, civilian premise too. Is there more suspicious signs that you think should be talked about yeah, in general? let's say the general sign. Let's, let's put it one more, yeah? Mm-hmm. It's called findings. Findings basically means um, things that you see, like um, the guy has a bag. I'm, I'm going to exaggerate now on purpose, yeah, mm-hmm. for, for, for um, giving an example. So it's an extreme example. But you see a guy with a bag, and he has a big duffel bag, and in the duffel bag, uh, you see an antenna coming out of it, and you hear uh, like a... <laughs> a ticking noise. <laughs> tick, tick, uh, yeah, and you know, weird smell coming out of it. That's suspicious. <laughs> right? So findings, you know, anything, anything like that could be suspicious. And again, if it comes together with another sign, like 
the guy has that bag and he's weird or and he's nervous or and he has something wrong with his appearance, you might have yourself a bingo. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would say that's another one that's fit for everybody because I gave that example. That's an extreme example. But let's say a guy has his hand in his pocket and, you're, and he's arguing with you about something, right? He's angry. He's in your face and he has a hand in his pocket. That's weird. Mm-hmm. That's not a, a weird in appearance. That's weird in findings, right? That's what I mean. Nobody would, if they scream at you at the top Why of the house, nobody would scratch pocket. their ass then, yeah. He would have, he would have uh, his hands out. You know, people, especially, in, you know, Italians, you know, they like <laughs> to talk with their hands, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? But uh, if his hand, he's hiding a hand, very weird. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how many people did not notice that hand. In the aftermath, when I interview people who had fights, did you see his hand in his pocket? No, I didn't notice that. Why? Because they get angry as well. They get all dramatic and they start yelling back and the ego kicks in. They get involved. They get involved you. emotionally with drama. They don't notice. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're trained to notice those things and, and you understand that this is not a personal thing, at least not in your eyes, you're a professional, act like a professional, you would see that hand in the pocket. Just the fact that you see that hand in the pocket might have saved you from getting stabbed. Yeah. That's the that's the preparation because you're not exactly. overwhelmed then. Yeah. Might have saved you from getting because maybe you kept your distance. Maybe you walked in a certain direction. Maybe you pinned his hand. When he wanted to draw yeah, something. Yeah. Before he drew. You know, maybe you maybe you hit him with a rock over the head. I mean it all depends on the scenario. Mm-hmm. But that saved your life potentially. Just that fact, right? So that's important, you know, or a guy like I said, having a hand in his pocket, hiding his hand behind his back. Clenched fist, by the way, as well. If a guy is angry, you want to see open hands, talking with your hands, but a guy has his hands closed like it's clenched, could mean one or two things. It can mean he wants to punch you in your face and he's really upset. He's about to punch you or he's hiding something in that hand, like a little a little blade, a little dagger or something to, to slash your throat with. Maybe just a shard of glass or something. Anything, kind of, anything yeah. could be hidden. Yeah, exactly. So that's things people don't talk about enough, don't notice. Mm-hmm. And because they don't do correct scenario training and they don't even talk about like situational awareness, identify suspicious behavior, all that stuff. And just being trained to look out for these things might save might your life. Might save your life, exactly. Yeah. Because you talk about, when you talk about knife stuff, you say, okay, you're gonna get injured. I, I, I've heard you say that a lot of times. And... Um, the, the the main aspect that I see, especially when you you train with people who are also proficient in use with these weapons, you see you're gonna get stabbed every time. But seeing them draw the weapon, um, seeing them or having an idea and and keeping on fighting makes the difference between ending up stabbed, because that's minimizing think, damage. Yeah. Minimizing damage. Now a knife attack. You give that as example. It's a good example because a knife attack is always a surprise attack. Mm-hmm. Because if you knew the person next to you had a knife or behind you, you would not be standing there. Well, if you're aware to your surrounding area, you might notice that hand in the pocket, that hand in the coat, the hand behind the back. You might notice that and gain enough distance to not even, to kind of cause your the guy who's arguing with you not even to try to pull the knife out mm-hmm. from, the, from the very beginning. So that's extremely important. Because they see that you're aware of it. They see that you're aware of you too far, exactly. Mm-hmm. And also you're, you're, you're going to learn, hopefully, to 
kind of de-escalate and try to talk your way out of it. Yeah. Okay, because you're always trying to avoid a fight. That's the, the number one rule. If possible, avoid a fight. Mm -hmm. Also, I think that a lot of listeners who might not know your background, they might hear a lot of the stuff that you say in this regard. And oftentimes I hear people who, who talk about combat training in like, okay, there's this one guy, there's a throwdown, this is what you do, and you defend yourself, like this, this whole thing. But if one listens to you talk about these things, especially about awareness, some of it goes back to uh, security training, to, to military um, training, to these ideas of you have a purpose of protecting something. And I think that it might be interesting to, to talk about ICCS in Israel, in Israel um, is responsible for training the first response teams. And talking about that and, and how these things apply there, I think that might be an interesting thing. What are these response teams? First there? responders, yeah. So uh, imagine, um, I don't know if, uh, if every country has it, but like in the US, for example, you have um, volunteer firemen. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. Like a guy who's, he's not a professional fireman. It's not his job, but he volunteers as fireman. Or you have an Israel as kind well. of professional, but he's not yeah, paid for that. He's not paid for it. Like, or you have uh, in many countries volunteer medics. Mm -hmm. You know, they do a shift a month. You know, or something like that, which is it's a nice thing to help out. To help out, yeah, like so, a community service thing. Yeah, to help the community, volunteer. So the first responders. Well, what happened was in Israel, right? Uh, we have a lot of terror attacks. And um, the army understood something really quickly, understood that they cannot be everywhere all the time, mm -hmm. right? It's, the place is too big. And uh, if, if something happens, okay, there's always, um, there's in every region in Israel, there's always a special forces team who's on call, right? That's their, that's, they're on call. So if they're on call, let's say, and then shit hits the fan. There's an, there's an attack uh, on a community. A guy walks, uh, this things that happen many times, he comes with a weapon, starts uh, shooting. Okay. Um, they're on call. It might take them up to 7, 15 minutes to get there by helicopter. That's what you think, wow, it's fast, but it's not. It's a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. If there's someone killing people, that's, that's forever, basically. So since the army understood that, say, okay, we can't be everywhere at once. Let's um, create, um, out of these communities, first responders, who their job is to respond first, basically. Mm -hmm. So um, since most people in Israel did the army, it was pretty easy to find people with a military background. The army uh, provides them with weapons, some gear, and uh, training. Um But the basic, you know, that's like shooting or stuff like that. But the, all their, all their, that's where we come in. All their additional training and all that. That's where, that's what when we, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, so think about it. Uh, like I said, as a vo volunteer fireman. So think about it as a volunteer uh, counter terror team. Vo volunteer though, and um, a lot of these teams have a very very high level of of, of uh, I mean, they wouldn't uh, embarrass any counter-terror team in the world pretty mm -hmm. much yeah i've met one of two uh, one or two of those guys and they're pretty good yeah yeah so so uh 
Uh, we train them. So the, the, the idea is they're there first, you know, and also their motivation is really high because this that's where they live. It's people, who that's, that's exactly where they live. So when you're fighting for your, you know, for your family, the motivation is, 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 is high. And it's home they, turf, yeah. It's also they know the area really well because that's where they live. So it works. It works out. It works out good. In most cases, I would say, you know, most most cases, since we have these first responders, they finish the whole scenario before the army ever gets there. Mm-hmm. And the army will get there eventually, of course, to sweep, to clear the, the area and all that. But they usually will finish everything before the army gets there. It's already done and over with. So how does that work? Do people apply and say, "I want to build this thing for the community," no, or is the government a, a community has it? Community has it. It's already a thing that's going on for years, so it's already pretty well established. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know, a young couple will move into the community. Usually, uh, usually the head of this, of every 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 um, every area has a team leader, so to speak. He would usually ask him, "Hey, do you want to join?" He said, yeah, so great. Here's a weapon, and see you Friday in the shooting range. You know, mm-hmm. um, because they have to work as an organic team, of course, which is very important. You know how to work together. So let's say you, even if you have a, a good background somewhere, it doesn't mean you could work with this specific team. Maybe they have a, a way of doing stuff. You know, so that organic thing. That's why they they, they train as much as they can. Mm-hmm. But are they also tied to law enforcement? So if- no, they have no authority of arresting people or anything mm-hmm. like that. They had just there for uh, stopping terrorist attacks. If shit hits the fan, there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's it. That's all. So if someone have. steals something in the neighborhood, they're not no, able to. No, okay. it's nothing. It's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Just for um, terrorism. So, so walk me through this. If um, we we have this issue, it's it's a worldwide phenomenon with um, with shootings, for instance, where people run into. It might take different forms. It might be a church. I've heard like that in an the active, an active killer situation: schools, yeah. churches, malls. Yeah. yeah. So um, we beforehand we talked about this. You said that in Israel, for instance, most of these situations are not gun based. Most of them are done with knives, as far as I understood. Yes. So walk me through, how, like, how, how do these things pan out? Like, is there just someone on the streets starting stabbing people? Is there a goal? Is there a certain... Their do goal? they attack Do they attack police officers more no, often? What's, what's the idea? Is, uh, usually the attack is on civilians. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, just all of a sudden, it's very hard to stop these kind of attacks because you have no way of knowing who would do it in advance. You know what I mean? Um... I know that uh, you know the Secret Service in Israel is very very efficient in stopping uh, suicide attacks, stopping those kind of attacks mm-hmm. ahead of time, right? They're able to stop a lot of attacks ahead of time. So by intelligence. By intelligence, but these kind of attacks are, are, are very random. You know, a guy wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. He's like, okay, he takes a knife. So it's it's hard to stop it. You know. Mm-hmm. But most of these attacks are stopped by civilians. You so know, by team uh, members of these teams, for no, instance? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because, you see, um, these teams are not in the cities. They're in the communities around the cities. Mm-hmm. But if so the attack, outskirts, for the instance. Outskirts, yeah. If this attack is in the city, in Israel, a lot of people are armed. 
a lot of people are armed, so that's um, convenient in a case like that. And even if they're not armed, the mentality there is a little bit different than I would say Europe or the U.S. as far mm. as the people. They're not used to violence here, yeah. Um, yes and no. It's, it's just a, because the Israelis, most of them serve in the military, they, they have a go-forward mentality that other people in Europe or U.S. don't have. You know, like uh, when you teach uh, law enforcement in the U.S., you know, okay, so there's you hear shooting, you want to scan, you want to know where the problem's coming from. So usually tell them, you know, okay, you know, run the opposite direction. So everybody's running away, you run towards where they're running away from, and you'll probably find the problem. But in Israel, you tell them, run with everybody. Because everyone's trying to help, mm-hmm. you know, so it's a different mentality. But the first responders, they're in the communities, you know, so they, they're there for the community because it's scattered in, in uh, big areas. Like I said before, in the army, you can't be everywhere. So, okay, something happened, you know, they all get a SMS or whatever, and they're out. It's usually within uh, 40 seconds of running, you're ready where the problem is, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, another difference between a first, res- uh, like a first responder... <clears throat> Like he's more of a, it's called a, a lone wolf. In this aspect, is that you don't wait for backup. You're there. You go forward. Mm-hmm. Whether like in the military, it's mostly it's all about the team, teamwork. So it's an organic team. We work as a team. Do this as a team, mm-hmm. right? But when people are dying, it's a very different scenario. When someone's shooting up a crowd of people, you can't wait for a team. You just you you know your job is to put the civilians behind you and you're you're like a human shield you're in front of the threat so the main um thing with civilians is because they move like a herd like they they have this um they they move if if if, um if a group of people moves towards a threat it's more overwhelming than if one guy starts punching it out with a guy with with a knife you mean uh, how to find the problem you mean or? no i mean um if if you said that uh, a lot of the times civilians stop these attacks and i reckon, ah, okay so we are talking about armed civilians yes, not about armed. Yeah. okay because armed so you know uh, rest assured somewhere close by there's someone with a gun mm-hmm. you know and uh usually they're stopped by civilians mm-hmm and so if, if we're talking about these uh, you said active killer situations I know you don't like the term active shooter um, because there's there might be multiple people there might be multiple shooters like mm-hmm. you know a guy people pull their own guns out nice people and they're trying to trying to help mm-hmm. so an active shooter I mean everybody who's shooting gets shot not necessarily yeah it's the guy who's doing the murdering who's supposed to get shot the guy who started it <laughs> yeah okay, that, that's important to understand yeah And if, um, especially if you look at, there, there's been instances, in, especially recently in the US, where there's been, for instance, school shootings, and you had law enforcement in front of the buildings, not, not able, not willing to go in and deal with the situation. And there's been a lot of critique for that. Um, but I would say the issue with it is um, most of these units are not properly trained to deal with these kinds of yeah, situations. Yes, they are. I mean, well, yes and no. The critique is 100% on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a, you have a uniform, you have a gun, um, stop complaining, start doing. 
That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, yeah. So I mean, I have a lot. I mean, it's a lot to say about that. You know, it's it's uh, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they're not trained properly, budget reasons or whatever. There is no excuse, though. There's no excuse. You're there to protect the community. Protect the community. Point. No, nothing more. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more to say. You know, if you're not willing and able, able to fight, find yourself another job. Then don't be... Don't do yeah. what... Yeah, find yourself another job. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly your job. That's exactly your job. To be a shield. Well, be a shield. You know? And with your first response teams, how do you deal with them to... So, so would you say they're just... They're, they're, um, their approach to it is just naturally different, so you don't have to train that into them? Or do you do certain things to have this not happen? Warrior development drills, same as in Krav, that helps a lot. Scenario training helps a lot. You know, motivation, protecting your own community helps a lot. Mm. Especially with cops who, who are in different communities. Than they These live. are not cops, don't forget. These are yeah, but with, with uh, other uh, systems. So there's cops in, in areas where they don't live, and that's It doesn't matter. If you're a cop, your job is to protect, to serve and protect. That's exactly your job. It's the definition of being a cop, right? So you better be ready to serve and protect. Mm-hmm. And when you're a cop, everywhere is your area. Everywhere <laughs> your jurisdiction everywhere yeah yeah you know so do your job so you basically do you, you focus on on shooting you focus on uh, warrior development drills what else do you do with those people? hand-to-hand mm-hmm. uh, usually it's mostly uh, though um, too close to shoot scenarios so mm-hmm. knife against pistol uh, uh, weapon retention and stuff like that mm-hmm. so most of it is geared towards um, an armed First yeah. responder who that's, reacts that's, to a knife. Yeah, that's threat. how they work. They're armed, and mm-hmm. they're armed all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go to the sh- they go shopping. They have their weapon with them. That's part of the, the deal. Mm-hmm. So they're always armed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but 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 the main focus is people with knives. That's that what no, you, that's what you first responders. No, mm-hmm. first okay. responders. The range focus would be uh, any kind of attack, a knife attack, but also uh, um, shootings, active killers. That happens a lot. So mm-hmm. that's the main focus. So. Pretty much, it's just a, a broad spectrum. These people are like a, like a, a counter-terrorism yeah. unit, but they're just in the community, they live there, and they're kind of always on call. That's the idea. Exactly. Okay. How do you... And if, if is it like they, they're, they're uh, mic'd up? Like, how, how do they connect? Because you said they train as a team they as well. To, yeah, they have... Uh, well, there's training that everybody knows a certain time of a month. You have to be here to train, you know, part mm-hmm. of being in a team. But also, if something happens, they have uh, they get a phone call. You know, these days it's so easy. It used to be a beeper and whatever, mm-hmm. but now it's just uh, you know uh, your phone buzzes and you know go. Yeah. How's that training different from what what you do uh, for the army? Is it more focused or is it the same sort of training? Uh, it's some of it is similar. Some of it is very different. Like I said, the lone wolf aspect mm-hmm. is different from the army. So there, you know that there isn't that there is the team in one hand because you are going to meet and come, but also you're not waiting for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, little differences like that, as far as uh, even as far as room clearing. I would say there's different methods. You know, 
a lot of people, a lot of times now in the army, they use a shield. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a big mm-hmm. shield. Like a ballistic one? Yeah. You don't have that. So there's that. But So that changes your method mm-hmm. on the spot. So you train them more like law enforcement, even though they're not? Like one person as as, clearing? As far as, as far as room clearing? Mm-hmm. Yes and no, because um, if there's like, it all depends on the scenario. Imagine a scenario where there's a guy walks into a house mm-hmm. with an AK-47. And then he starts spraying the whole family. And then he stays in the house. And now this is not, I'm not inventing this. This is something that actually happened. And then the first responders come. How do you clear that kind of house? There's a bad guy in the house, but there's a good people in the house. So for example, in military, it'll teach you a lot. You know, you throw a grenade in each room. Throw you shouldn't do that when there's exactly. hostages. So it's, it's yeah. very different. Yeah, it's more of a host Exactly. It's more of a hostage kind of training than um, protecting the team mm-hmm. aspect of training. So the speed is very important. And sometimes that speed comes on on the price of your personal safety too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's some things are similar. Some things are more specific to their need, obviously. And if we if you're looking at at um, the army, I think we talked about this earlier on. Um, you said the 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 combat, um, let's say, branch of the army makes up way less than people think when they look at the army. So if if someone says, "Okay, I used to be in the Israeli army or in in, in some army," it doesn't really matter. That doesn't mean that they're properly trained to do exactly that kind of work, right? If someone tells you that he was in the army. Doesn't mean anything. I mean, <laughs> what so do you what? mean by that? I mean, look, a lot of people use that, it, it, like a little, like um, for credentials. Credentials, like a little, you know, card. Yeah, I was in the army. Okay, I mean, first of all, uh, only ten percent. About I'm not sure about exactly about the numbers, but a small number of people in the army are actually on a combat job. Mm-hmm. Most are not. I mean, think about the logistics the army needs. For every soldier who is in combat, what do you need around him? You know, from food to clothing to weapons to just logistics, anything. Yeah, you need a whole a whole team. So that's that. You know. So I mean, you don't have to be too impressed. Uh, someone tells you he was in the army. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. And what are you trying to say? But that's because, or uh, I'm asking because the the people that you train for these first response teams. They might have been in the army, but now they have to have like a special training for well, the, that. The first response teams, they all have to come from combat. Okay. I mean, they all were combat units, for sure. And they cannot, you would not be a first response team if you were not. So that's that. So you already know. So you already know that their, their mentality is, is pretty healthy, pretty strong. So you're not allowed to join if you're not, no. if you haven't seen combat. You know, if you weren't in a combat unit, you're not going to join a first response team. Okay. So that already helps a lot. And uh, also the fact that uh, you protecting your home turf. But look, if you were in a combat unit, you went through very healthy training. This is for sure. I mean, that tells you a lot about a person. It doesn't matter if you were like, in a special force or not. That does, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. Just combat. That Well, respect. I know what you went through, man. You know, you went through something that most people will not ever in their lifetime go through. Even if you're not like the top, again, like 
commando. Just you were infantry. Okay, was that? Well, I know that you know how to shoot. You know how to move as a team. You you know you know you know how to use various uh, various weapons. But more than that, you know you know what it means to be hungry, to be tired, to go a week without sleep, to put your friends before you put yourself. You know, and like and this goes on. So it makes like a a man out of you. You know. And uh, that's a that's a great thing. And what if if you're talking about all of these things that are part of uh, the military, what are the the things the the functions or the uh, branches that you taught? Because you you haven't because I imagine just because you're a shooting instructor, you're not um, instructing the, the the snipers, for instance. No, of course not. So no. so what was your role as an instructor there? I'm a combat instructor. Yeah, combat, but we talked about this. Combat is multiple things. Combat can be hand-to-hand, -hand, yeah. combat can be shooting. So everything to do with uh, close quarter combat. Mm -hmm. um, these days I do mostly hand-to-hand -hand because I love it so much. You know, but uh, anything to do with uh, close quarter, so knife against gun, room clearing, uh, anything that could, anything that could go wrong with with uh, with a pistol, weapon retention, mm -hmm. crowd passing, wrestling with a gun, crowd passing with a gun, fighting a knife with a gun, and the list goes on. So that's pretty much just one course. Do you is that split up? Like okay, today we're doing we're doing grappling, then we're doing uh, weapon retention. It's split up and put together. You know, first it's everything uh, everything separate, and then okay, let's put it together in scenarios or in in training. But of mm -hmm. course, first you learn how to. Shoot the pistol just with the pistol. Uh, mm -hmm. You can't go and jump right to a knife against gun if you don't have to shoot a pistol yet. Yeah, <laughs> so it's it's set like that. It's set like that. It's set like, you know, it starts from round zero and builds itself up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so your job was pretty much everything that revolved around close quarters yeah. and yeah. fighting in yeah. close quarters. Exactly. So no sniping. <laughs> no. In fact, uh, I wasn't even accepted into sniper school. I tried to years ago. <laughs> But I don't know any math. Wouldn't have taken you for the person well, to no, it's not about that. the it's long about, distance it's a, it's a, I'm a pretty good shooter. I, I, look, I enjoy martial arts more than shooting much more. Mm -hmm. I love teaching, so teaching combat is fine with me. But if you ask me what I prefer to do, I prefer to do martial arts. Mm -hmm. I prefer to do boxing, wrestling. It's who I am. You know, but uh, I'm a good instructor, I think, uh, in all things I do teach. I can attest to that. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, sniping, I'm not a bad shooter. Give me a weapon and I'll shoot. I was, you know, there's a math test. That's the, the calculation thing. thing, yeah. There's a math test. And um, yeah, no, I wasn't very good at math. <laughs> It's weird when you, when you look at these things where people shoot over like two and a half miles or something. It's it's crazy how much math goes into. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know there. enough about that to even to even start. I mm. mean, I could talk about it, uh, but uh, I don't know. I would not presume to know enough about that to give any any kind of uh, yeah. lecture about that. It's just it's just an impression that I had from the yeah. people that I've talked to who who yeah. uh, at least trained there. But there's a lot of stuff to know there. And with shooting, it's 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 a whole different thing where it's especially when when in close quarters, it's like an extension of your fighting capabilities because that's i think an issue that a lot of people have i've seen this in the u.s because i um i'm not a u.s citizen and i've seen people carry guns in in the u.s and i assumed 
that these people had extensive training on these they have things. have no training. I mean, it's, it's, they just uh, carry them. They just, uh, look, I'm always, I do a lot of shooting courses in the U.S. Rarely there's someone who actually knows how to do, okay, there's a difference between knowing how to shoot, the function of the gun and shooting balloons, and then knowing combat and understanding the gun and the combat aspect. How to use it properly. How to actually yeah. use it in combat. Yeah, and, and rarely there's people who, who can do it. Uh, most maybe people are not going to understand what I mean now, but if you come in training, you, you'll you'll understand very quickly what I mean. I was really shocked by this revelation because those people carry those guns in the assumption that if something happened, this gun would kind of protect them from something. But that's what we. I think I've heard you say uh, that the gun is like the the, the an extension. Yeah, it's it's about you being the weapon using the gun, and that's yeah. what makes it more exactly. like, of a dangerous thing. Exactly. That's why. Yeah, that's the job of a combat instructor. Mm -hmm. Exactly what I meant. You know, I'm not a shooting instructor or, or self-defense instructor. You teach combat. Yeah. And bringing it all together, not in a tactical way like a lot of people, <laughs> especially in the U.S., try to do, but in a tactical way. What does tactical actually mean? Where does He's it come like from? He's like a guy like they like, look tactical. He wants to be like a badass. I don't know, man. He, <laughs> he, people show up to training, for example, you look with a, with a camouflage kimono. Oh, okay. oh, you know what I mean, or or like, or I show uh, people show up to a, a shooting course and they have all these. I mean, they have this gear like I don't even know what it does, man. You know, I mean, like different <laughs> kind of holsters and belts and you're knee like, pads. dude, I've been training. I don't know what that does. <laughs> and, and I mean, knee pads and stuff, and I mean, take it easy, you know. <laughs> so that's that's they're in it for the the look. I call them toy soldiers, mm -hmm. you know, combat. Uh, uh, it's called also like a, a, it doesn't matter, toy soldiers, it, 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 but. Um, That's what I mean, you know, and, and, and it's, I guess people want to feel cool, you know, yeah. tactical, you know, but um, a, a fighter, a warrior is a personality. Yeah. I mean, it's not about the gear that you have. The gear should be professional, of, of course, but it's you're the fighter. You could fight someone with or without the gear, with or without your weapon, you know, you could fight him with your, with your pistol, you could fight him with your knife, or you could fight him in your boxers. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it's uh the more you have, the more you can use it. But you should be able combat to combat it. It's exactly it's it's a personality thing that you have to build. You mm -hmm. know, and uh, and be a professional. Don't be just be a professional. You know, mm -hmm. humble and professional. And so, what what do you think of people using or having this attitude of I carry a firearm, I'm good. I don't need any sort of physical training to do this. Like a it's combat a joke. Training. It's a sad joke. I mean, yeah, it's just that. It's um, I wrote a blog once. Uh, I think it's five reasons to learn hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat when you're armed. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's another topic for another time. Uh, but uh, I think uh, it's uh, it's sad, and it's uh, most of those people who think that they can't even clear a malfunction mm -hmm. correctly. Most people go to the range. They have their little tactical clothes on, and they put the gun on the table, you know, shoot, put it back on the table, shoot balloons. They don't even, I mean, I've seen so many people who don't know how to properly change a magazine. Let alone do it under pressure when someone's shooting back at you or running at you with a knife, you know, or, 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 or fix a jam, you know, with the gun jams. Um, they have to, oh, what do we do now? So, I mean, the guy's wearing, like, he looks like he's a commando and he's like, what do I do now? Come on. <laughs> 
Like a night vision goggles and everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> It's crazy, crazy. I, I'm, I'm there with my jeans, you know, like. <laughs> take it easy. You know? So the idea is if it's like dress up, then it's dangerous for the person themselves. Dress because up? No, dress up is okay if you need no, it. No, no, that's what, that's what I mean. But, but it's like, okay, I, I, I have this gun, I feel safe, but then it's like, yeah. But you're not only a danger in so far as you you'll be don't shooting, know how to First use of it. all, you'll be shooting other people, probably. Everybody but the bad guy. Mm. I mean, there's so much to know. There's so much to know about combat, about, I mean, I mean distances and, and a rhythm of the trigger. I mean, that could go on forever. <laughs> and But uh, the most important aspect is coping under pressure. And if you don't train under pressure with or without a gun, you're lacking the most important part of training. And I know for a fact, from my own eyes, my own experience, that most people don't really train under pressure with a gun or without a gun. Maybe they think that they do, but they don't. Mm -hmm. Some people don't even know that they need to do that. So just moving about and shooting is not the same as... Hardly even moving. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a difference between shooting a balloon when you have to close one eye and you're behind the table and you take your time and... and you decide when it starts. And yeah. then even, and then a guy running at you full speed shouting with a knife and people running all over the place and people injured and you have two seconds to draw and shoot effectively. There's a big difference, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what you have to prepare for. Yeah. So that's the idea of you, you have to build up someone who's capable of working all these different levels and then you can add more like kit instructions like, okay, this is how you, how you use your, uh, your hands, this is how you use a knife. Everything is, that's, is how you that's use. the beautiful thing about the system is everything adds on to everything else, like mm -hmm. a puzzle. So uh, also with the shooting aspect, it would be the same thing. I was surprised by it because also shooting, if you do it, do it dynamically, some of the stuff I recognize from boxing, like the footwork stuff, some of it. And I was like, okay, I know this concept, and it, and it was easier for me to, to yes. adapt to this, some, to this some idea. Of the, some of it could be similar mm -hmm. uh, sometimes. Uh, also, the system is built the way, you know, you start from similar to, to boxing. You start from basic footwork and you go more and more advanced. Same thing with shooting, basic stuff. But it's all built on the same, the same thing. Premise, or yeah. it should be built on the same thing. Mm -hmm. If not, then it could be a little problematic in reality. Okay. And now people like to put those on, I mean, on YouTube or whatever, how they shoot, how they're cool but it, it might look cool you know but um uh, some of the shooting instructors they're the biggest i mean they're the biggest pussies i know it, it's just uh that's why i would say i'm a combat instructor you know like put it into combat please. and everything is included in combat yeah, that's put the it idea into combat. yeah yeah i mean if you hide behind your gun you're not a warrior Even driving can you're be a combat a thing. Yeah, but it's a mentality thing. Yeah. My gun, you know, yeah, there's many reasons to learn hand-to-hand -hand combat, even if you're armed, like I said. But I would say, listen, even just go on the main, re like the most basic reason. You are a warrior, not your gun. It's a, it's a mentality thing. You could use your gun as a tool. You could use your hammer as a tool. And if you don't train hand-to-hand -hand combat, you're not going to get that from shooting. Mm -hmm. Plus, the more hand-to-hand -hand combat you do, the better your shooting will be. Mm -hmm. In close quarter and like you know, pop, 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 you know that all that aggression, because it, it it's the same thing. It's one, it's you know, it's 
it's it's so similar in that, in that aspect, you know, and it helps each other. So it should always come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think it's important to learn this approach to fighting. I think that's what changed my mentality um, pretty much when looking onto it. First of all, as we talked about, there's an humbling effect when you train with people who actually know what they're doing. Also, when you see that their mentality is further along this path. Also, when you learn one of these skills, these others, they, they, they just fall in line. You, you, you adapt to them more easily. Yes, do you, exactly. Do you think, do, do you still, do, do you want to say something uh, more or do you want to wrap this up? I think, uh, I think we said enough for today. I think this was a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty, um, I like the way this came out. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good. So I think there's a lot more where that came from. There's always more to say, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's better to. But you'll, you'll need to wait till next week yeah. uh, to, to get more of that. Yeah. So see you guys then. And, uh, goodbye. Bye-bye, Jan. <laughs>